One of the world's smartest people issues a dire warning on artificial intelligence. Yeah. Isn't he warning us off space aliens from time to time as well? He's the only person out there with any common sense, in my opinion. But more on that coming up. All right, then. And also two plane-related stories. One, nostalgic. The other, gossipy goodness. Like airplanes? Yes, our oh. airplanes. Okay. Or, you know, an infinite flat, flat surface in uh, geometry. I just wanted to make sure. Or the shop gear that will thin your flat board. Ah, yes. An excellent tool. So, listen, this one's uh, this one's at least partly for Jack. Uh, so, uh, you know, we've been working together for a long time, and... If you don't know this, Jack has... We're all, 65 years. That's right. That's right. We put the show together in 19... What was it? 52. Um, so, the Bee Gees ruled the charts. <laughs> that's right. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was merely a U.S. senator. The War of 1812 was raging. Yes, 1952. So, uh, <clears throat> so we're almost exactly the same age, uh, but I had my kids young, and Jack has uh, little kids now. And uh, my youngest kid is 18, for instance, and Jack's got, uh, are they eight and six at this point? Your failures? Five and three quarters. Okay. As the youngest one will point out yes. always. And seven and a half. Okay. There Matters to them at that age for some reason. So thank God I'm not even older than I am. So it's a few more months to go, but... I want you to hear, oh, so during my Raising Little Kids area uh, period of life, when we were both working like crazy to try to get the career going, uh, Jack was never anything but uh, patient and as understanding as he could be about the fact that I was raising three babies while trying to do this job. But you didn't get it. Of course not. In the way that, you know, you can't get it unless you've dealt with it. And in that spirit, I want to tell you what happened to me yesterday, Jack. All right. I accidentally... Slept for three hours in the afternoon. And since I had nothing to do and no one needed me, nobody woke me up. Yeah, that's pretty hard for me to imagine. <laughs> How far away from your reality is that? Well, I haven't slept during the daytime and God, I don't know, might have last year once. Yeah. Yep, meant to take a cat nap. Three hours later, my wife's waking me up. Joe, it's uh, nighttime. Don't! I don't think I've slept past 6.30 a.m. in years. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in the accidental multi-hour slumber portion of my life. I know. That's something. Oh, man. It's crazy. The rhythm's of life. I remember when I, the first time I got a cold after I had uh, had kids, I thought, wow, I'm sick, but I don't get to come home and go to bed anymore. Mm, Nobody cares. (laughs) It just hadn't occurred to me. What? I mean, it's obvious, but in, you know, until I had a cold, I hadn't thought of it. (laughs) Because before, if I had a cold, I'd, you know, go home. Part of the whole weekend, he might just lay on the couch with a cold. Right. Watch TV. Sometimes I don't even need a cold. (laughs) Right. You're very resourceful. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I I feel really good today. That's awesome. Really energetic. (laughs) So uh, two plane-related stories first. One, if you're of a certain age, you might remember what a big deal the 747 was. Oh. Back in the day. When I was a kid, it was just like it was the the marvel of flight. I would only see him on TV. I had never been on a 747. I'd never been on any plane. And none of my friends had. But I'd right. seen him on TV. I actually the don't. second story, yeah. the footage you'd see or pictures of what the interior of the first class looked like, it was all astounding. I actually don't know if I've ever been on a 747. But anyway, it was... What did to South Africa? I don't remember. It may it, have been. It was the plane for, well, a long time up until today. The last passenger trip of the 747. 
is today. Oh, really? It's the end of an era. I didn't know that. How big is the 747? As hell. The Wright brothers According could have, to experts. The Wright brothers could have fit their entire historic flight inside a 747. <laughs> wow. How amazing is that stat? We took off from the cockpit. We circled briefly among the uh, passengers <laughs> and then landed near where they make the coffee in the back. Yeah, that's something. That is, and that's a great uh, juxtaposition. 747s have flown more than three and a half billion people mm. over the years, and it's it's now done. So now you got those Airbuses that they make over in England. Is or that it's, the it's, it's this 787 Dreamliner? Is that, what's the, Boeing's great. Why are you promoting some Eurojet? Mm. Airbus? Airbus my hiney. It's all about Boeing, friends. Um. So when did the 747 hit? The world. Late 60s, early 70s? 1969. I don't know. Something like that. He'll know in just a second. February 9th, 1969. So there you go. Um, So the Wright brothers first flew in 1903. So in that amount of time, you went from the Wright brothers' flight to a plane so big their whole flight would have fit inside the plane. That's some fast-moving technology. That's amazing. Well, and especially if you read that fabulous Wright brothers book... You understand. Moby Dick. <laughs> That's right. That's about the Wright brothers. <laughs> nobody nobody f- really realizes that. Um, if you realize that book, you know, you see all the failed experiments and what a leap it was when they finally figured out that it had to do with the curvature of the wings and the blah, blah, blah. Then to have this gigantic bird carrying hundreds and hundreds of people safely Around the globe, just a, a you know a couple of generations later. You're right; it's amazing. Um, the other plane-related story: she got a, an international flight. Doesn't matter where it's going or anything like that. Um, husband and wife. She's drunk. I'm wondering if he's drunk. Probably because he goes to sleep. It's unlikely that she's drunk and he's not drinking. Anyway, he takes a nap. She grabs his thumb and presses it on his phone so she can unlock his phone because uh-huh. she wants to. She wants to. Search his phone for some reason. She must have been suspecting something. Found he clearly was having an affair by finding pictures and emails and stuff on his phone. And then flips out and causes such a scene they had to land the plane. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But she took his passed out thumb and put it on his phone. Taking a nap. (laughs) When we get to eye scanning, that'll be a little bit harder to pull off. (laughs) She grabbed the lid and... (laughs) (laughs) Or grab a little plastic spoon and... Take that baby out of there. <laughs> well, after you find what you find, you might be tempted. <laughs> That's yeah. a good story. Wow, that is a good story. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then this. Stephen Hawking issues a dire warning on artificial intelligence. So, yeah, Stephen Hawking is the only person of any heft that has come forward and said, hey, all this reaching out to outer space, sending out signals, hey, we're over here. You know, the animal world doesn't do that because you don't know if it's going to be a predator that discovers you and just immediately eats you. And as a sap who'd been kind of into the, we need to reach out and we need to send Voyager with our poems and our music. I mean, as soon as he pointed it out, I thought, that is Extremely obvious. Every animal on Earth. And and, and compelling. There's no arguing. Every that. animal on Earth hears a weird noise or sees something they don't identify, and they hunker down in the weeds and, and, and you know, check it out. They don't like, hey, over here, I'm going to assume you're friendly, and we can just exchange information, and we'll be friends. Here's my hiding place. Yeah. Um, it's also saying this about artificial intelligence. It could destroy its human creators if engineers cannot get a grip on the ethics behind it, Stephen Hawking has warned. Speaking at a web summit in Lisbon, 
the theoretical physicist, that's what I was going to be. But I decided to be a talk show host. Mm. Uh, said AI, actually, I decided to be a disc jockey <laughs> instead of a theoretical physicist. But you tell your kids you sell drugs to school children. <laughs> so they're not as ashamed. <laughs> wow. Uh, he said that artificial intelligence has the potential to be the best or worst thing humanity has ever seen, and the scary reality is we just don't know which yet. We can't know if know if we will be uh, infinitely helped by AI or ignored by it and sidelined and conceivably destroyed by it. How come he's the only person that ever is willing to point out the downsides of some of this stuff while everybody just rushes headlong toward these things? I don't know. I think it's Eric, isn't it? Eric, the AI correspondent from Oakland, who writes this semi-frequently, has talked about the need to include our moral codes as part of the input to AI. And it it, it seems frighteningly likely to me that we will make some mistake in that. There will be some oversight that will, in retrospect, be as obvious as that whole not reaching out to predators thing we were discussing. But... You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. as the computers are, uh, you know, with their wavy arms uh, jabbing us with their stabby electrodes. Well, and what do you mean by we? There's the United States, and then there's all the other evil countries that are going to have this technology. They don't mm. give a crap about moral codes. Wow. Yeah. Just dominance. Got a university that's not going to allow a play about Lenny Bruce because he uses bad language. Yeah, right. Oh. God, it's time to shut down all of America's colleges and universities. That, among other stories, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Just to pay that story off, it's it's not much to it, but uh, university campus, where is it? Uh, I cut off which university it is. doesn't really make any difference. It's one of your universities on the East Coast. Not allowing a play about uh, about Lenny Bruce because of the language he uses, which uh, Lenny Bruce, if you don't know who he is, is one of the icons of free speech and of, of lefties back in the day. Um for being willing to say things. I mean, it actually became a Supreme Court case, didn't it? Whether or not he could say some of the things he said. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he was were... the he was the blueprint for the modern stand-up comedian. But before him, it was a lot of, take my wife, please, sort of thing. He was <laughs> the guy funny. Who, who kind of turned it onto a social commentary style of art. So form. he's to blame. But he would use all I kinds of... the old style. He would use nasty words and concepts to uh, design to shock and make the point that you can say this stuff. And now a college campus is saying, no, you can't. We've gone full circle. The intellectual cowardice on American universities is just amazing right now. And just the general kind of centralized power. We have to be in charge of everything cowardice. There's a story. It was Florida State. You know, some freshman lad died. Um, part of some fraternity initiation thing. Authorities believe alcohol was involved. It's almost certainly alcohol poisoning. I've seen this enough. And it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Um, it's rotten. It's a tragedy. 
Meanwhile, some other frat boy was busted for selling drugs to other students, which if you've ever attended a college, you know happens all the time. So Florida State has shut down the entire fraternity and sorority system. They're not even allowed to get together to talk about what might happen in the future. They've been banned like dissidents in China, like an opposition party in Saudi Arabia. All of them, those who are blameless, those who are terrible. And it's just, you don't think you have, pardon me, folks, but the brains and balls to deal with the bad actors but not punish the kids who are totally innocent in their associations. You're that rigid. You're that frightened. It's really amazing to me. I'll hit you with this while we're on the topic. I was going to do this last week. An article in the Washington Post by a professor named Lucia Martinez Valdivia who doesn't sound like she's, you know, a white Christian female, you know, you can uh, assail her for being privileged, I'm guessing. Sounds I'll Hispanic or something. Anyway, but well, go on. Is. I see your point. I, I know uh, why you said it. She wrote a piece in the Washington Post, professors like me can't stay silent about this extremist moment on college campuses. Uh, she's an assistant professor of English and Humanities at Reed College in Oregon, which has had its troubles, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And she said... Uh, Three times a week, students sat in the lecture space where my class is with signs many too obscene to be printed here condemning the course and its faculty as white supremacists and anti-black and not open to dialogue and criticism on the grounds that we continue to teach Aristotle and Plato. Right. I remember seeing video of this class. It's too white-centric talking about ancient Greece and what came out of it, which is the cradle of civilization. Oh, one of the critiques. Western civilization, certainly. One of the critiques on the, critiques on the Lenny Bruce play at the university, not only his language, was the guy who wrote it is a, is a, a straight white male. And uh, one of the main critics said, a play about a straight white male directed by a straight white male is just too much for me. <sighs> what well, is, what is that? Crazy. What, gone... it, what is that? Well, it's, it's racism. Married to victim worship, married to virtue signaling, it's just, it's crazed. There's a new policy in some classes to call on white male students last in some classrooms. No! Yeah. Freaking Seriously. way. Seriously. Really? University of Pennsylvania teaching assistant Stephanie McKellop tweeted in October, I always call on my black women students first. Other people of color get second tier priority. White women come next. And if I have to, if I have to, white men. No way. Wow, that's so insane. You know, you know why Martin Luther King advocated judging people not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character? Because he was a racist. Exactly. That's right, because he was a white male racist. Um, As opposed to some sort of dividing everybody, grouping everybody, black supremacy, white people are bad, condemnation. You know why he did that? Because it's the only method that would ever work. You pit people against each other. Yeah, you're going to get like the the white guilt college kids and suburban Bay Area people who are quote-unquote ashamed to be white or like to pretend to because they get a lot of reinforcement from their friends for acting that way. You are never, ever, 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 ever going to solve racial problems in America by bullying and demonizing any group. 
it will never work. There's a really interesting study. I have it buried in here somewhere. i got to come up with it. They were studying trash talk in sports. And what they discovered, I'll, I'll skip to the end. You can't hit, you can't hit, you can't hit. Is that trash talk? Stop trash talking me. It's hurtful. What they found out was that if you, and, and listen, everybody understands you bulletin board material. You know, you, the other team trashes you and uh, before the big game and you put it up on the, in the bulletin board in the locker room to motivate you to hate them. What they found out was that negative talk from your opponent does not make you want to win more. But it does markedly make you want them to lose more. You don't have more positive energy to win. You just hate them. (laughs) That's interesting. Well, yeah. Yeah. It is really interesting. You attack people, particularly people who don't deserve to be attacked because they're just trying to live their lives. You have made it markedly less likely that they will support you in your goals. They will feel attacked. They will feel defensive. They will want you to lose. And it's not an expression of they want to be ascendant and powerful or anything. It's just they're being attacked, so they're putting their fists up. And Martin Luther King knew that. I wish he'd gotten a chance to write more and help people understand why he did what he did in the way he did it. There are those who've interpreted you know, what he did, certainly. Um, but, you know, keep going. Keep you know, keep trying to demonize people for the skin they were born with. Racism is racism is racism. I didn't intend to get off on that track, but I did. Well, it's a track that needs to be tracked or something. True or false? Better to have two hamburgers than a burger and fries. In terms of what? Deliciousness or calories? <laughs> Uh, neither. Health. General health. Uh, I have heard many times that you should never eat fries, that fries are evil. Yeah, it's not a shock. I mean, I think everybody probably got that right. Um, I'd rather eat two hamburgers just from a deliciousness standpoint. But. Oh, my God, I love fries. I love fries. And you know what I really, really love is ketchup on fries. <laughs> I'd hammer them down till I was just... 800 pounds if there were no repercussions. I don't let my kids eat much fries. They get they get they get they don't get many and they have to eat most of their burger. No. Nah, I'm pretty picky on the fries. You should you should probably never eat french fries. No. I, God no. dang it, I wish I could convince at Boy, least one of my children of that. And like McDonald's french fries are so yummy. Speaking of McDonald's. So good. Who really so good. <laughs> really was an innovator in the modern mass produced yet yummy fries. You go to a hole in the wall, a diner or something, they'll put fries on your plate that you'll want to make love to. They're so good. That'd be weird. But I don't know. Don't knock it till you've tried it. Uh, McDonald's finally. Sir, you know, this is a family restaurant. Oh, God. Oh, God. How'd you oh burn your genitals? Well, <laughs> I was at a diner. So a regular hamburger for McDonald's, 250 calories, 8 grams of fat, 13 grams of protein. Small, a small order of fries has 230 calories, almost as many calories. Three more grams of fat and five less grams of protein. Small Plus, order fries. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, uh, fries are simple carbs. Fried white potatoes are simple carbs. They really do very little for you nutritionally other than, you know, they give you an initial bit of energy, easily accessible energy. But it's clearly better to eat that second burger than the fries. Mm. 
which is a shame to me because, like I said, I have about a bit of fryphilia. I won't feel as bad then about limiting my children's fry intake. No, you shouldn't. Uh, I got garlic fries, and then there's chili fries. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. So do you just like regular, or do you want the garlic and chili stuff? You know, I don't like garlic fries because I don't like to stink. I just like regular French fries. I like every fry. My favorite barbecue place. Glenn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The electronics store. Love it. Yeah, Love right. it. My favorite uh, barbecue place up in the mountains, Neighbors Barbecue. They give you a big old plate of fries with a bunch of pulled pork on there. Oh, keep going. And oh. a bunch of melted cheese on top of that and barbecue sauce. Oh, God. It's so unbelievable. Oh, oh, that's right. I'm sorry. That would be great. But then they put sour cream on it, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I might as well do this here. A former bodyguard, Trump or current bodyguard. Anyway, longtime Trump bodyguard. Is he the same guy that told us? No, that was his butler that told us that Trump likes his steak well done so that it rocks on the plate. Uh, This bodyguard told Politico that Trump was ordering cheeseburgers from the White House kitchen, but they couldn't quite match the satisfaction of a quarter pounder with cheese Um, and uh, fried apple pie. So he was, as the bodyguard, going to McDonald's to get uh, good food for the president. Fair enough. I didn't say I wanted a hamburger. I said I wanted McDonald's. There's no kitchen in America that can make a quarter pounder with cheese that tastes like a quarter pounder with cheese. I don't even know how you do it. It doesn't taste anything like a hamburger. If you had never eaten one <laughs> and uh, and you ate one blindfolded... You'd say, what is this? Yeah, it's good, but you wouldn't say, that's a pretty good hamburger. No. <laughs> it wouldn't even cross your mind. Yeah. Like, probably among the top 5% of chefs get the, the White House cooking gig right i would assume that's a very high yeah. profile prestigious gig and but you couldn't be able to make a quarter pounder with cheese i'm gonna eat one today by the way just from eating reading this article i will eat a quarter pounder with cheese today. you will <laughs> belch a lot and it will be painful get i re- warn you your request to make a mcdouble <laughs> but i won't have fries what's coming up in your news marshall phillips well the texas church massacre prompting now a formal military investigation Along with North Korea and trade issues, President Trump's other bullet point on this trip is surprising some. And Ryan Seacrest's big reveal coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Please be he's retiring. Yeah, no kidding. Trump's got some motor, doesn't he? 70 years old, overweight, I don't think he exercises at all, eats fast food, and he just... He sleeps like four hours a day and he's tireless. Yeah, it's amazing. Just jealous. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. What's the latest, Marshall Phillips? Here he is. That's the latest Marshall Phillips right there. <laughs> I was trying to figure out for a moment how to respond to that. What's the latest Marshall Phillips? Well, the latest Marshall Phillips is very healthy these days. <laughs> What's the latest news, Marshall Phillips? There you go. The Air Force admitting a big mistake, saying a Texas church shooter's name was never put into the FBI's National Criminal Information Center database after he'd been court-martialed for domestic violence. Yeah, and I don't want to get into it, but his domestic violence is horrific. It is. It is. Um, He's a monster. Anybody who does that, anybody who does that should not be able to buy a gun. Uh, 
how often does the military not fill out this paperwork or put it in the computer or whatever? Almost always, one time, and it happened to be this right. guy. Well, one of the uh, top Air Force uh, commanders was asked today that exact question, and uh, she responded with, well, I can't really say how often this kind of error may have happened. So there you go. We're not sure how often this is happening. You can't task somebody with going back and auditing how many people have been drummed out for offenses and checking whether the form was filled out to the FBI. You can't do that. I realize it'll take a little while, but how about you get started? As President Trump is contending with a threat from North Korea, a bunch of thorny trade disputes, and the delicate dance of international diplomacy, he's got another thing on his mind. Last year's Election Day. Through the first two legs of his five-country swing through Asia, Trump has been making often and prominent mention of his upset victory in the presidential election one year ago tomorrow. How would you not? It's one of the most amazing things that's ever happened in our nation's history. And it happened to him. And you're it's all... on my mind. I'm so disappointed that my DVR blew up in the past year because I had all that saved. Oh. I, had, I had ABC the entire night, the entire night of NBC, and then one of the cable news channels all saved. And I was going to watch some more of it on a year anniversary because watching it unfold over time was something. Because they get the exit polls. They just can't say them out loud. Right. And they saw it was happening. And you could see how unhappy they were, the looks on their faces. <laughs> It was just so wild. Sudden, unexplained, angry looks on the uh, anchor's yeah. faces. Oh, right? just freaked out. Like sick to their stomachs. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest is announcing the premiere date of the American Idol reboot. A longtime American Idol host broke the news on Live with Kelly and Ryan. The new uh, Idol's going to be debuting, mark it on your calendar, Sunday, March 11th on ABC. You got Luke Bryan joining superstars Katy Perry and Lionel Richie on the <laughs> judges panel. That's a better judges panel yeah. than they had back when it was the number one show in America. Yeah. By, Marshall, by far. Normally we make TV networks buy advertising. Why are we whoring for ABC? Well, and their tired singing show. How do you know I'm whoring for ABC? You Nobody know, Katie, cares. You know, Katy Perry is getting $25 million for this yeah, run. And Lionel Richie, again, that's a better lineup of judges yeah. than they had when they were... But, but you know, we've all... No, you got to have somebody who tells the people that they suck. You got it. You, <laughs> you can't handle everybody with the kid gloves. You need at least one right. person to be like, no, no, no you're, you're wasting our time. Get off the stage. Yeah, who's going to be the villain on this go-round, huh? Doesn't Lionel Richie's <clears throat> 70s and 80s sensation, isn't he one of those people that's had so much work done he's barely recognizable? Is he one of those people? Uh, I don't know. I could be wrong. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Giddy Show, the voice of the West. I'll tip you $10 to play Sail On. Can you play Sail On? I love that song. Oh, Sail So you were mentioning earlier <laughs> that Nielsen is changing the way yeah. they keep track of how many people watch shows. And so you like some of your Netflix-type shows or your cable-type shows mm-hmm. that people watch later on their iPad as opposed to on TV are getting much higher ratings. It's I'll bet the networks are fighting this hard. Because when it turns out that a whole bunch of these TV shows on secondary channels, or some of them not on channels at all, mm. are getting way more people watching than the big hits on NBC and ABC. That's going to be pretty devastating to them. Yeah, I suppose, although if advertisers have no reach, uh, no way to reach the eyes and ears of the people watching, say, House of Cards Season 6. Well, that for advertisers, mm. yes, but in terms of mind share and the Emmys and talking about what's a hit TV show, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. You sure. know, 
a new poll just came out. Uh, almost half, half of the people asked said there are too many TV shows on now. I this would agree. Be like four hundred. The government needs to limit the number of TV shows. Four hundred and thirty scripted shows now. There new should, shows. There should be seven shows. Seven shows on three channels. <laughs> how many internet? How yeah. many internet websites did we decide we need? Like thirteen. I think. Yeah, we we came up with a list. It was certainly no more than thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Like that one good sports. Right. I tell you what, we need two comedies. Two dramas, one of them a cop show, one of them not a cop show. <laughs> Maybe a hospital drama. Maybe, uh, nah, it's too many dramas. So you get a sports, one sport, we're up to five. <laughs> a cartoon, something for the kids. Something yeah. for the kids. Right, right, right. Is number six. What about a news channel? And then one news channel, yeah, run by the government. That'd be plenty. Yep. That's, about, that's about what there was when I was right. a kid, and we were fine. We were fine. I, I, I love this song. <laughs> I don't think it's coincidence that the best TV shows are also occurring at the time when there are the most ways to get your TV shows out there. Nobody wants to hear you. They want to hear Lionel. <laughs> How old? Can we get an age on Lionel Richie as one of the judges? He's got to be 70. Yeah, I think he's 72, isn't he? Yeah, and he, he stands 16 hands high as well. <laughs> Bit of a horse face. <laughs> Something tells me he's not dancing on the ceiling anymore. 68. Oh, well. damn near 70-year-old judge. What is this? There's no melody in this music. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I gave all my money and my I don't want to think about this story much, but um, we're happy that it would seem the rest of the world is caught up to our idea. I don't think they got it from us, but we are on the leading edge of people who think, stop glorifying these stupid, stupid, angry cowards who shoot up places. Right. Stop putting their name out there. Stop putting cool pictures on the TV and talking about them being masterminds. I haven't seen any of that. No. Which is interesting. I'm seeing people go away from even using the name, although just some, some media outlets, some continue to wallow in it. But uh, FBI agents I've heard this week saying don't use the guy's name. God, and could there the... be a more pig-faced, inbred piece of crap? Oh, Stupid, God, no angry coward. You know who would shoot up a bunch of innocent people over their personal grievance? A stupid, angry coward. But he'll be here will be one <clears throat> test for the media. This church videotaped their sermons every Sunday, oh, God. and um, and then would put them on the website. A lot of churches do that now, so that if you're not there, you can you can you can watch the service and see what mm-hmm. the minister had to say. There's videotape of this whole thing. Ugh. When it's finally released, and it will be, um, or leaked, or leaked. Does the media run that? I sure as hell hope not. they'll they'll run as much as they feel like they can get away. We with. have no need. Or right to see that. We have no right to watch people die in that video. No right whatsoever. I, le- I understand legally we do, but we have no you know, decent right to do it. So I hope it doesn't air. 
Um, so this movie, Three Billboards, have you seen the ads for that with the, the, yet another Woody Harrelson movie with Francis McDormand? And uh, you haven't seen the ads for that? I don't think so. They ran it a lot during the World Series. Looks fantastic. I may have seen that one. Yes. I can't wait to see this. USA Today says has Oscars plastered all over it. Four stars. This is going to be the big one this year. What sort so. of role does Woody play? Because I've seen a Woody ad recently, but I can't remember. He's LBJ in the other movie. That's Well, out. right. Yeah. I knew that wasn't it. I believe he plays like a small town sheriff. Kind of thing okay. in this one. And All it's right. got the little guy from Game of Thrones. Uh, Peter Dinklage. Looks funny. <laughs> he has a name. All right. Wow. Um, wow. That was an attempt at humor, everybody. No, I was reminding myself. He has a name. Oh, I, I see. Yeah. Oh, I thought it sounded like a question to me. It's very dark. Very dark. Hmm. Yeah, three billboards getting a lot of Oscar buzz, but I'm... My my from rapey wood. Who cares? From the magazines that cover it, I guess. Give give your rapey Um, movies any rapey award you want. You rapists. Okay. Say rape again. (laughs) Um, The uh, but there's I got my 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 radars are going up the same way that they went off with the first time I saw La La Land was was a movie last year. I said, all right, well this is this is clearly just going to win it all. I still think Dunkirk is the best movie I've seen Mm -hmm. all year. But there's a movie that's being released in December starring Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. Directed oh, by Steven yeah. Spielberg. They're going to love themselves over that Called one. the Post about the Washington Post covering right. of the Richard Nixon trials. Forget oh, it, it's over. And I already threw up in my mouth. Forget <laughs> it, it's over. If you've made a movie, burn the film. You don't need it anymore. You've already thrown up in your mouth. Do I have time for a fun historical fact? Yeah, yeah, you do. You sure? Nah, it's uh, nah, not r- wrong context. I'm sorry. I'll really? Yeah, I'm not feeling it. It's a good one, but maybe tomorrow. Dmitry Kiselyov is the head of the state-run uh, uh, Russian uh, TV network or whatever. He's a, uh, a Putin insider. He says that America is too uptight, and he's with Harvey Weinstein. Oof. Yeah. I'm categorically against sexual harassment, he said, but this campaign with brutal seriousness threatens to destroy the humor in people's relationships, affecting impulsivity, spontaneity, and passion. You know, there's no sex in America. The sexual revolution is a thing of the past. America needs to loosen up. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about, but Sean and I both commented after the big radio party we had a couple of weeks ago that we both felt at various times like afraid to say things like posing for pictures with women in the pictures and stuff like that, like things you might have normally said. Like what? Have sex with me or I'll have you fired? For an example. No, just you know, just just feeling like you can't say anything. Just mm-hmm. making sure your hands are clearly in in view of all You're pictures. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's yeah. an after hour sort of thing. So like, is is that an okay? That's a nice dress, right? Can I? Yeah, I don't is, know. Or oh, look, you did your hair. Or something. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's. Huh. Yeah. And I and I felt it a little bit, and I thought it was interesting that Sean said it too. So I don't know if people are feeling that all across America. That's a shame, since you know Harvey Weinstein raping people is not. But then there was the you know, Adam Sandler put his hand on some woman's leg, became a big story for a day. Steven Seagal basically just asked a girl out and became a story for a day. Wow. Um, yeah. Societies never get it right. The pendulum swings, and they pass a point of reasonableness, but then it's gone. They go the wrong direction, too far the other direction. Yeah. Hey, play. Why aren't you playing? 
And Nine. now, final thoughts with Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty on the Armstrong and Getty radio program. Here's your host, <laughs> Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody in Marshall Phillips. I was, uh, I, uh, was just going to say that if there are any young ladies out there that really want to give a gentleman a hug, I am prepared to be the hugger or the huggy. It would be the huggy. I don't, Predator. Think, you ought to, I don't, Predator. Think, I don't think you ought to do that. Michelangelo, your final thought. I'm just making my list of foods to eat this afternoon. Garlic fries, cheese fries, and I'm going to add in and outs jungle-style fries. So. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of texts from people that were headed to drive throughs for fries just yep. because we were talking yeah, about no, it. I'm Our work here you. is done. Sean, your final thought. Yeah, a note from the sports page tonight. The Cavaliers are taking on the Bucks. If you don't know why that's important, LeBron James taking on Giannis Adamantenko. The Greek freak! Yes, these two guys going head-to-head. This is going to be fascinating. I can't wait to watch it. All yeah, right, Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Uh, we didn't talk anything about the Carter Pace testimony that came out last night. He's a, a, a Trump aide who was talking to the Russians. He did seven hours of testimony last week. I'm going to spend more time on this, and we'll get into it tomorrow. All right, fair enough. Well, it turns out Rand Paul was attacked over a lawn care issue. Here are Joe Getty's top five legitimate reasons to fight over lawn care. <laughs> Number five, your neighbor <laughs> fails to tame their dandelions. Number four. They failed to mow, lowers property values. Number three, beat him if he rakes leaves onto your lawn. Number two reason to fight your neighbor over lawn care, over early leaf blowing. Number one reason to attack your neighbor over lawn care, if he spells F-U out on your lawn with Roundup. <laughs> it shows up a couple of weeks later. You shouldn't get caught doing that. You got to do that in the dead of night. I know who did it. I know. <laughs> Watch your car not looking at me, huh? You think you're fooling me, Al? You think you're fooling me? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. Drop us a line. Let us know what's going on. There's something we ought to be talking about. Armstrongandgettyradio.com. Going to be a lot of nostalgia tomorrow, for better or worse, depending on your mood. One year ago, troubles elected. Hillary's glass building didn't get used. Uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. I'm no hero. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.